Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambhutassa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambhutassa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambhutassa Bhutang, Dhammang, Sanghang, Namasami Buddha's teaching on, on karma Karma is that karma just means uh, action, action that's knowingly undertaken, not necessarily, uh, you know, undertaken with a great deal of clarity, but there's some recognition of one's doing something, one's saying something, and one's acting a certain way. You know, you're not, you're not asleep, you're not out of it, but some sense of something, you're conscious of what you're doing. There's a, um, and that uh, these, all these actions, sometimes speaking, physically acting, even deliberately thinking, turning the mind towards an object of thought and consideration, have effects. Yeah, and then we, or the experience of those effects rests, and we get formed out of the out of those effects. Yeah, so if we think about something, turn the mind towards a particular topic of thought, particularly uh, dependent on the flavor of it, whether it's flavored with love or compassion or it's flavored with resentment or fear. The flavoring, you know, not just the topic, but the flavoring lays down a residue you know, of anxiety or gratitude or spaciousness or agitation you know this is really something we (coughs) it's very important to know about (coughs) and then it's not as if then out of this we we that becomes a residue from which we we we're left with that feeling we're left with that sense for good or for bad then dependent upon that that tends to make us bring up the wish to do something else you know so you're feeling a bit agitated so you think well oh, do something you know and it could be for good or for bad you could just reach for a bottle of scotch or go and talk to somebody about meditation you know but it sets up the basis for the next series of causes of, of actions that one undertakes so we keep going on like that now that this continual ongoing cause and effect arises the sense of a self a continuing entity because the, the process continues so the sense of receiving that process goes with it and you feel you are that process and so actually but the process never really arrives anywhere conclusive it's just continually going on and on and on you lay down another another series of effects it means you, it encourages you to do other things and they're not simply bad things. Hopefully, you know, we, we're encouraged to do good things as we understand this process. And that's the first aspect of the teachings to begin to see that what you say, what you think, what you lend your mind to, what you give your heart to definitely leaves some results and they will start to shape up the direction you're going in and even who you sense yourself as being, what you sense yourself as being, what you sense yourself as feeling, you know, 
you know, spacious or agitated, fearful, you know, generous or whatever. And it can be the case, you know, that we don't really know this. We can really paint ourselves into a corner, you know, just by brooding uh, on, on unskillful themes. You know, we tend to box ourselves in, feel caught, depressed overwhelmed, anxious. So the mind is the most powerful source of karma, cause and effect. It's where it all begins here. It's difficult to know exactly why it begins because we're always born in the middle of it. (laughs) It's already happening. (laughs) You don't see the beginning of it. You know, but you can see individual bits of that. Like He said that to me that made me feel worried or made me feel pleased. And because of that, an impulse rose up. You, know? you see it kind of rises up and then a certain effect comes around. So it specifically begins with, the, with a perception or a meaning or a feeling of some kind, like an actual, something touches us. We feel great, grateful, we feel threatened. You know, get that meaning we interpret that tone of voice, gestures that people make, feeling not being talked to, you know, or whatever. You get these, you know, or being looked at with kindly eye or given things. You know. So you get a meaning comes out of that, doesn't it? I am I'm safe, I'm befriended, I'm trusted, or I'm not liked, or not wanted, or ridiculed, or I'm welcome. And then, boom, the whole thing starts you know, rising up, doesn't it? So perception, you can say, or it's meanings, interpretations give rise to karma, to to actions, to these mental activities, these emotional reflexes get pushed like that. And it can be the case that we just, it's all happening so quick. And some of it's, you know, got a lot of history to it. You know, what our meanings of our life are often because things have happened, you know, and we do feel uh, threatened because we've been abused many times, you know, we do feel nervous or we do feel uh, confident because we've been given a lot of appreciation and warmth, you know, so those, those particular meanings are strongly embedded for good or for bad. Uh, and so it's always a sense of, you know, you realise just how, what a hair trigger everything's resting on. Yeah? And at first it seems like, wow, you know, it's just, it seems to be so conditioned, everything. So conditioned. There's no way out of all this. But the, you know, the beauty of it is that the Buddha says, well, there is certain, you know, even for us who feel ourselves to be quite, you know, carried along, caught up, you know, suffering, stress, uncertainties, you know, about our lives, each other, ourselves, from time to time. Even for us, you know, there is, there are definite things you can do, you can rely on, to break some of this, to cut some of this. You can make distinct choices. And that's, Part of the teachings on karma, there is such a thing as karma that leads to the end of karma, or skillful choices that we make, 
skillful ways in which we incline our minds, skillful ways in which we incline our attention, you know, that help to just do that vital act of nudging out that perception, you know, that perception of anger or that perception of guilt or that, you know, wait a minute, just check that one. Stop, just check it, that's all. Don't feel guilt, don't feel bad about it, just check it. <laughs> you know, you owe yourself that just to check it. Wait with it. Breathe in, breathe out. You know, rest with that. Make a choice to be conscious. That, uh, and maybe some of that really begins with, with recognizing that, you know, your own welfare is, is a precious thing. You know, and that we, we can make a choice and that we're worthy of it. You know, it's not just, ah, oh, what the hell, who cares? <laughs> Basket casing, doesn't really matter. Chuck it away, you know. But no, no, it's not that case. You know, the Buddha's teaching really is a real reaching down to all of us. See, we can make some choices. You don't have to give up. And though sometimes it can seem like it's uh, there's a whole mass of stuff that we're admired in. Point is that it's all just like a house of cards, you know. You start to pull out one or two pieces, other bits start to fall down. You start to you turn one corner, and a whole lot of vistas don't have to open up, you know. You build up one series of perceptions, one series of practices, a whole lot of the stuff doesn't have to happen. And you develop these little skillful means, which means you, you know you suddenly feel yourself losing the losing it, you know. And then, wait a minute, there's something immediate I can get to to just put a hold on that. And this is really what a, a Dharma practitioner begins to find out for themselves, you know. And a lot of it, you know, part of the interesting thing is that whatever systems or techniques are offered. In the really interesting stuff is the bits you find out for yourself, just through seeing how your mind works, how you get, you know, we get reactive. And what, what do I need to do? You know? yeah. But though you can do something, there's a choice to make, can be made. <clears throat> Uh, you know, people make something out the Buddha's teaching on there being dukkha, suffering, sounds kind of pretty grim and life-denying. <clears throat> but the teaching is really, there is an ending to this sense of suffering that we own up to. <laughs> it's not some kind of ultimate truth, everything's miserable. But the sense of stress, discontent, 
uncertainty, pressure, tension, you know, loss that we experience. If you experience any of that, that resonates for you at any time, just recognize the Buddha's teaching gives you a sense of there is an ending to that and there's the choices you can make to bring that around. And it's really just taking, you know, taking that in. And why we don't make that choice is, first, we don't really acknowledge that we are in it, in the, in the state of trapped. You know, you don't really recognize it. You know, at any time, I can get out of this, any time, you know don't really recognize it as a trap or you go along with some uh, impressions and moods and sensations because they don't seem okay it doesn't really matter they don't seem harmful or they do seem harmful but you think I can't do anything about it and this really these are really the uh, the perceptions or the meanings that are the kind of most fundamental one we don't see what the Buddha calls the danger you know of samsara danger of habits the danger of conditions we don't see the danger we don't see the the you know they call it um, you know the poison in the apple you know we see the, the sweet thing and we don't recognize there's a barb in there so that's okay you know like sensual indulgence um, or we do recognize the danger but we think I can't do anything about it I'm hooked yeah. and these are the two fundamental um, things that actually most seriously cut off our practice I think we've got no alternatives When I came to uh, uh, meditation many years ago, one of the things I was grateful for was that the, there wasn't really a lot of uh, telling you what you should be or shouldn't be. It was up to one to really start to see for yourself. Yeah. And just, but then given an occasion, an opportunity to really start to see for oneself the, um, you know, the way it actually is. And there wasn't, and there was, was offered a place in a monastery, and there was no obligation apart from to just keep the eight moral precepts, just like the boundaries of the situation, which, okay, and, uh, to undertake meditation, just to do some meditation. They didn't count how many hours you did. Uh, And they said, you don't have to read anything, you don't have to study anything, you don't have to believe in Buddhism even, you don't have to be a Buddhist. Although this is pretty big of them, you know, you go to a Thai monastery and the whole thing is supported and they say, you know, we don't want anything in return, just do some practice, you know, and you can stay as long as you like. So that's kind of, you know... And fundamentally what occurs with that, just that gesture is, comes across the meaning that people you don't know think some, that you're worth something. You know, that's the, that's the initial, off, this initial perception is you're worth something, we'd like you to 
he encourage you to better yourself. If you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> but we offer you a place, you know. People didn't know, didn't speak the language. That fundamental gesture of welcome. People who didn't dislike, didn't like me because they didn't know me. Why should they like me? But that, that beginning gesture, just welcoming, a practice that begins with welcoming you, already says, you know, there's some, you're worth something. This is something I always felt very important to have in, a, in any kind of monastery, you know, that, that trust, that sense of welcoming. It's not rapturous, but the space, you know. And these are the simple rules, you know. We make it so that whatever we're doing, we don't, we respect the rule, the training rules, the basic precepts. We're not going to mess other people up or mess ourselves up or spoil a situation. Yeah, okay, that's a fair deal. Yeah, okay. And I can do that, or I can try and do that. And the rest of it is just see for yourself. And uh, several things became apparent to me that hadn't been apparent at all before. <laughs> and it was really that in the first uh, year or two, things that I thought were actually rather in- enjoyable and desirable, music and sex, sexual activity, and God, this stuff is really unpleasant. Nobody told me it was, but the continual nagging pressure of desire you know, the push of it the hunger of it the insatiable nature of it and no matter how much your mind went into these these places, sexual desire or in my case music was actually strong, much stronger for me than sexual desire you know and it could get this music could play as long and as loud in my head you know, and on and on and on, and there was never an end to it. There was never an end to it. And I'd really enjoyed music. That's kind of why it was playing in my head. And it wasn't bad stuff, and it wasn't immoral. It was just like, just being in this incessant going on of it was... uh, unsatisfying and it would, it would never reach a satisfactory conclusion somebody's telling me that about football you know no matter how many times your team wins they've got to keep winning they're not going to win all the time and there's never an end because you get to the end of the season they start planning the next season it goes on and on and on and on winning losing drawing winning drawing losing winning losing yeah Transfers, managers, shifts up and down the league. And it actually, there's never a kind of final thing. It's like that. And yet, you keep going because there's the little lift, the anticipation, the feeling of anxiety that your league team's going to get relegated, the sense of relief they don't. There's this continual pushing of desire and interest just keeps the whole thing rolling. Wait a minute what the hell has this got to do with me? <laughs> I mean, is this going to make anything in my life any better? Really? Is it going to... Uh, 
give me any more understanding? Is it going to make me a more compassionate? Is it going to solve pain, disease, separation from the loved? Um, you know, the, my mother's passing away, or whatever it is. No, it's a complete distraction, and it just eats up everything. And you start to see the kind of danger in these things, in that you can spend your life just whistling a penny whistle. You know, and uh, you know it was great to have that opportunity to to see such a thing, and uh, you know to begin to just make choices. And mostly, you know, the the choice, the only choice I could make was to not act upon those impulses. And by doing that, time and time again and just coming back to a meditation object where I couldn't sustain for more than a few seconds at a time, sometimes not, I'll even reach it at all, just that even the inclination to want to come back, you know, had a kind of long-term effect that over, over time, over weeks, over months, sometimes over years, just that continual not giving up, patiently trying to come back, trying to pull out, Recognizing the, the pain or the distress of this kind of heated passion, pulling out, coming back, and eventually it starts to, sooner or later, it start, you start to get your head out of the flood. You know? And a lot of it is that, the, 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 to make a choice and to keep working on it. And particularly with reflex stuff like, like sexuality. Ah, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, you don't knock it out. You know, it's, it's years of work. Uh, and of course, for many people, you know, it's not even something they want to get rid of. <laughs> Coming off. But at least, you know, but if you don't, at least you want to know how to moderate. And uh, so you've got to get some handle on it, that particular energy. You know, making that choice that you understand that energy and you, you're careful with it and you know how to, where you want to place them when you don't. Then in monastic life, it's much more strong kind of uh, determination. And it's a, it's, a, it's a steady one. No matter how many times your mind gets obsessed, you're still going to pull out, come out, and you begin to see what are the kind of perceptions that trigger that off. You know, so I found that just actually, you know, you're learning to perceive the body and people in different ways, deliberately considering, recognizing, you know, the particular triggerings that occur around bodies, human bodies, gestures, energies, and just, you know, how you can just see that a lot of it is just pure mythology, pure fantasy. And you come back to, you know, skin, bones, okay, people, bodies, okay, you know, energies rushing through your system, okay, so, 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 does it have to link up? And you can't, can't, can't start breaking some of these uh, tremendous flushes and floods. See, feeling is just feeling, you know, energy is the energy, you know, form is just the form.
It's just that. You don't have to tie it all together into some meaning, some perception, some source. And then that, the event that, that then he, without the perception of the attractive, that, that greed, that instinct can't get going if you take away the perception of the attractive. Break it up. So this is part of the choice we did, we make. And, uh, certainly in my practice, it, it can take years to actually make the choice to do that. You, know, you think, ah, oh, it's all right. Get over it. Let it be. Be all right. Ah, oh, let it be. It doesn't matter. Everybody's like that, you know. And uh, you know, so, 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 just remembering that that there are beings who are free you know, throughout history, not just once, one or two, but throughout history is a continual lineage, or sounds like some kind of club but I mean it's a continual movement of people who are freed freed to greater and lesser extents there's no reason why you shouldn't be one of them and they did it through practice not through some predestination so you can be free you can you can you know you can get through some of these habits and attachments Begins with the sense, the gift, which is of respect, isn't it? You know, why this must be, you know, the fundamental thing that we we establish for ourselves and for others. That you know, we respect the Dharma, we respect the Buddha, we also respect human beings. That whatever the, you know, the blindness in our eyes, whatever the habits, the reflexes, the compulsions that we're prone to, we are those who have the possibility for awakening, we have the possibility to do good, and we do. We don't always do good, but every one of us does some good, you know, refrain from some bad, and that sense of always seeing that in each other is kind of the fundamental thing. And even that course requires making a choice you can focus on the bits of other people you find irritating disappointing foolish um, disgusting or whatever or you can think okay and then you can start to consider that which is skillful helpful or even their vulnerability like me they suffer they feel they get sick they die like me they have habits like me they have wounds like me, they have difficulties, and somehow that sense of compassion for other beings. And, you know, if the Buddha hadn't had this, we'd all have been stuck. You know, the Buddha spent all his life after his enlightenment, not because he had some, you know, kind of great thing he needed to do, but just the recognition of the vulnerability and the potential of other beings and choosing to pick up that perception, choosing to hold that in mind, rather than, oh, everybody's like, there's a bunch of, what bother, you know? (laughs) You know, so one of the things we we start to acknowledge that, 
you know, who we who we seem to be to ourselves and to others is purely one passing facet, and it's often the distorted one. Can we at least, okay, just keep moving the mind out in a gesture of faith and a gesture of welcome? This and because this is the fundamental one of which, if we start to res- get that message, you know, then it, it gives up each of us the hope, the sense of I am worth. I, the effort is worthwhile. You know, I can make an effort. I am respected. You know, and that just that little bit it must be the key gift that we can give each other see the good in each other because that's what it takes when it comes down to really struggling with some of the difficulties the passions, the obsessions, the seemingly incessant tendencies that that crowd the mind Mm. we did come back to first of all the sense of self-respect and then because of that there is the possibility there is the interest in making some kind of effort you know, we make that choice that's karma good karma, skillful karma I think for myself, as as is the case with um, you know summoners in general, it's always uh, we make we make the choice, and it's always recognised that the choice is it's not a lifetime vow. You choose. You say, okay, I'm going to do this for a stay in a monastery for a week. Stay for a, as a guest for three weeks, straight as a month. You know, become a novice in Anagarika and Anagarika. Okay, I'll, I'll take that for a year. You know. Now I'm making that choice, decision, you know, commitment, um, and then uh, so on. So you, then you keep doing that, and then if for a, generally we are say that for a, uh, someone who wants to take the higher ordinations for the men or the women, then it's going to be five years. So still, and that's that's as much as it goes, you know, you know, you know, because the sense is that that uh, with that kind of prop, you know, saying, well, we're only interested in doing in taking you in in this level if you can do five years. That that's an external kind of thing that helps to hold the mind, and after that, then you make the decisions like every day. You know, you make the choice. You continue to decide. You continue to choose. Don't fall asleep in it. You know, don't get incarcerated in it. Don't get, um, you know, bonded in it. Just keep making that choice. And uh, I find that very helpful. You know, because uh, you know you get through difficult times. Difficult times. 
and then fed up and then wait a minute what do you what do you really want to do and each time just given that option of you don't have to be you don't have to stay with this you know you don't have to and all that feeling well I I should I ought to no you don't you don't have to the Buddha never asked you for that what do you really want to do and it comes down to actually being asked that question and given the free option I want to stay with this <laughs> because it's something that allows allows that that question whereas many well anyway the way I see it is uh, a lot of occupations that people undertake don't really allow that question they say well you've got to because you've got to earn a living you've got to because you've got children therefore you've got to whereas what this for me does is say you know you could go it's okay there isn't something that you've got to that you have to see it's like calling calls your bluff, doesn't it? You go, well, I'm, I don't want to get out here. Okay, go. You go oh, um, right. Uh, well, <laughs> come to think of it, <laughs> just needed to have a grumble. That's all. <laughs> and you think, what you know? What do you really choose? And there's something really good about seeing the possibility for choice you know being offered continually you know the possibility for choice for real choice and what choice when you consciously make it does you know anyone who chooses you choose to stay or you choose to leave if you make the choice it means the sense of complete responsibility not dependent upon what others think or say future, past images, impressions but because it means something special that only you know it means this is the point at which I feel complete and steady and certain with Mm -hmm. you know uh, and that, that sense of making a choice. Mm-hmm. So we might very well consider, well, you know, the, the good person is just so, just is, it's one who just goes along, you know, you know, just go and flow along with it. Um, it's all right, you know. Uh, yeah, particularly in a, a monastery, you get that sense of just, Follow along, flow along, follow along, bear with it, keep going, just flow along, just here, the vehicle is here, it's all set up, just go along with it, you yeah. uh, And, you know, I think that, that can go wrong. And then you end up just getting inert and passive to it. And I guess for, also for meditation, you know, you sit here, come in, sit every hour, every day for an hour or so, here it is, it's laid on, sit here, you know, and the mind goes through its stuff, boom, bell rings, get up, you've done it, 
you know. <laughs> You've done your thing. This is called attachment to to systems and structures. System, you know, including meditation, including monastic life. Since so we just kind of go into do the thing and it will work for you. And uh, recognizing, no, that isn't the case. That isn't the case. What the mind will, if you don't make a choice, it's not as if you become then choiceless. You know, in some open, liberated state, because you're not making a choice. It just means you're allowing unconscious choices to take over. <laughs> and those unconscious choices would generally be towards what requires least effort, <laughs> what is the easiest, what helps me helps to keep things kind of under a blanket, you know, what what sort of keeps me covered, if you see what I mean. You know, gives me some padding. You know, just kind of snuggle in there and get by, you know. That getting by. And of course getting by is one of those things that we can is a sort of uh, unacceptable compared with, you know, raging hatred or blazing passion. Getting by is an acceptable place to hang out in. You know, you're getting by. Nobody minds people to get by. You keep your head down, you're getting by. And so we don't see the danger in that. Because it's not. That's a great friction. You don't see the danger in getting by. But the danger in it is that we lose the ability to choose. We lose that precious sense of full this, full this, fully this. You know, if you only make it fully this for five seconds (laughs) or one hour or, you know, but to be fully this, you know, that's, that's the possibility. And it's only when you're fully this that you really can learn because you've had that faith to just go right there. Then you're really going to know the consequences and you're really going to take it in. And getting by, you don't. You're sort of half there and half not there. you kind of got your foot in the door and coast. And uh, there's a danger in that. It's one of the more uh, seductive forms because it's not gross. It's not coarse. But it is, it is uh, blanketing. You know? And just kind of consider, you know, as you, you know, you bring a thing like that up, just for each of us to consider, as I do, you know, how much am I, am I, you know, what percentage am I just kind of going along, going along? Because it, it's kind of, you know, kind of create waves or, you know, just kind of coast along with it. Be okay, you know, be okay. You know, another day, another year. You know, it's like when you wake up in the morning, what is it that actually gets you out of bed? Rather than just, oh, well, it's kind of okay, or, you know, I'll get up at a good time. You know, right there, you get the, there's the danger, isn't it? It's that sense of least effort, (laughs) easy, (laughs) go with that. (laughs) 
you know, and for most of us, sleep, we never see it as a, as a, as a, as a danger. You know, and, you know, you need to sleep. You do need to sleep. But rec- also recognize that the, the danger in it, the danger in going to sleep, the danger in that kind of, you know, losing oneself, losing one's con- choice, losing one's consent to what one's doing, just getting by on it. So to really, you know, the to use karma, to use that teaching. No, no, it's important to recognise karma isn't just about, you know, whether you're a soldier or a doctor or something, you know, or about what you did in a previous life. It's really about understanding that many of the things that we we think are just happening, happening to us are actually governed by choices that we don't, that, are, that have become established, that we don't even know we're making. You know, reflexes. You know, reflexes to, for that which is easy, comfortable, least sweat, you know. And starting to recognise, you know, that, that really, to, un- to come to terms with karma and the nature of conditionality and the, and the, the Value of it, of 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 action, and it's it's about looking at the subtle forms of the mental inclinations, the the things that we put our heads into, that we put our hearts into, the the kind of micro choices that we're making every day. And this is really where you you uh, start to see, you know, ongoing possibilities, continual possibility to keep the practice alive yeah <coughs> anyone